arguing about the best olive oil, a dish called mutabal, and another dish that needs a drummer to serve it. This week, we're in Akaba, Jordan. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This is where we explore the world's great cuisine. Here on the Destination Eat Drink podcast at DestinationEatDrink.com and on the Destination Eat Drink YouTube channel. This week, we're visiting the port city of Aqaba, Jordan, for an incredible market, fermented goat's milk, and a memorable meal with the family. But first, could you do me a favor and rate and review Destination Eat Drink? Each five-star rating and review helps other foodie travelers find the podcast, and thank you so very much. Mohammed from Suhaila Food Tours and Experiences takes visitors to his city of Aqaba, Jordan, to the best foodie spots. And, even better, he offers cooking classes that takes place right in his home with his wife and kids. You can't get much more local than that. Mohammed and I talk about dishes like fetid hummus, the Jordanian version of kefir, and tea made with desert herbs. He also tells me about the importance of olive oil and olive trees, not only in the cuisine, but also the culture of Jordan. Okay, I'm starving, so let's eat. Destination Eat Drink. Mohamed Bali from Suhaila Food Tours and Experiences. Thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you about Aqaba, Jordan. Yeah, thank you so much for hosting me today uh, on your podcast. I want to start by asking you to give us an idea as to where Aqaba is, because I think most Americans and maybe other people from around the world probably don't know about Aqaba. They may not even know where Jordan is. So if you could give us an idea of where you are exactly in the world, I think that would be a good starting point for us. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question to start the conversation. Jordan is like, uh, I think no, uh, not a lot of people, people that uh, know where is the country because it's like a small country, a peaceful country in uh, the Middle East. Yeah, we have a border with Israel and uh, Egypt also, uh, Syria and Iraq. So the surrounding is really popular about, you know, uh, the conflict here and yeah, the wars that's happening here. But uh, the country here is peaceful, so it's not really popular. But nowadays, it started to be more popular. A lot of people started to visit, especially from Europe. Yeah, uh, from Europe, yeah, they, they started to visit the country here and getting more popular nowadays. About my city, is like the back of a city is in the south of Jordan. Yeah, we have, uh, it's like a border area. So we have a border uh, with Ireland and Israel. And we have uh, a border with Egypt and Saudi Arabia from the south of Jordan. So the city is considered like really multicultural because of the borders, the food and everything is affected by the neighbor's countries also. Yeah. So this is in general about Aqaba and Jordan. It's also a port city. My understanding is this, that this is the only major port in all of Jordan. So... Mohammed, that must also 
influence a lot of the culture, maybe the food culture as well, because if you've got a port city, that means you've got not only goods moving into the city and the country, but you've also got people moving into the city and the country. Um, how does that influence uh, Aqaba and um, maybe the rest of Jordan? Let's go back a little bit and talking about the city was within the Osman Empire in the past. So the city was under the rule of Egypt until 1894. Okay, and then it's moved to be under the rule of Saudi Arabia till the Jordan Gate. Uh, when the Jordan Emirates started in 1914. So the city moved to be a Jordanian city at that time. Uh, so you can imagine, so most of the local family here, they the origin from Egypt. There's like almost 15 local family in Aqaba, they the origin from Egypt and from Saudi Arabia and from Korean family. Koreans because it was uh, uh, the... Aqaba was the way if you, for, for the Muslim in Syria to go to pilgrim in Mecca. So many families decided to stay here. After the First World War, it was really small community living here, less than uh, 1,000 people living here from these countries, you know, from Egypt and from Saudi Arabia and from Syria and some local families from Jordan. So from the past, it make, the mixture of people started, and then now it's more Jordanian coming here. So it must be very interesting from a food standpoint because you've got all of these different cultures. In addition to Jordanian food, you've got uh, people from Saudi Arabia and from Egypt and from these other places coming in. Do you see any influence from these other places in the food that uh, is commonly consumed in Aqaba? I can see the culture here about the food is completely different uh, than the Jordanian cities. So uh, the, the national, we have like uh, uh, the national food in Aqaba city is like, I, I mean, the most popular food in the, in the city here is called Sayadi. It's like a fish plate. So you can now imagine that uh, the, 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 even the food here is get affected by the city location and the Red Sea. So this is the place with, which is really popular in uh, some part of the Red Sea, the, the city that they are located in the Red Sea, like Jeddah in Saudi Arabia or some part of Sinai in Egypt. So, so uh, uh, the, the city is, is uh, complete, uh, a little bit unique about the food and get affected by the neighbor's countries. So we have, in general, the culture itself get affected by the neighbor countries. So in, in Jordan, when there is a wedding, for example, we in all Jordan serving the national food in Jordan is mansaf, but in Aqaba, they're serving something, another place, it's called Bukhari, which is also really popular in, uh, like in Saudi Arabia, because of the spices that they use for this place. And uh, there is like a fermented uh, food that we have, it's called mish here in Aqaba. It's really common in, in, in Egypt, not in Jordan, just only in Aqaba a little bit, and, and in Egypt, it's the most popular. Uh, there and the spicy food, we like the spicy food here, which is uh, like really common in some neighbor countries like Saudi Arabia. You know, we have a katsa, we have a uzi, this kind of a plate, which is really popular in Saudi Arabia. So the city is uh, the, the, the food of the city gets affected by the neighbor countries. We have a mukhi also, which is like really common here uh, in, in Aqaba, also it's common in Egypt. So the, the I think the, the mixture of people that they're living here, they Everyone brings his own food here and eating uh, 
So the community now, everyone started to know this food and they like it, of course. So if I want spicy food in Jordan, I need to go to Aqaba. If I go further north in Jordan, maybe I'm not going to find spicy food. Yeah, it's, it's more common here in the north. They have the, in the north, they have the oil place, which is not really about the spices. Yeah. But in Aqaba, yeah, the, uh, for example, the Bukhari, when there is a wedding, it's mix of, uh, uh, we call it Bukhari spices when you go to the spicy shop. So you, it's, it's the spicy make the food really tasty and, and with this place. Even the Sayadiya is like the most popular and the only it's only available in Aqaba when you're coming. It's like a fish, uh, fish plate with rice. Uh, when you're coming here, they have their own spice, which makes the rice really tasty, even uh, also criminalizing the onion and these things make it really special. So. I mean, in general, the culture is about the spicy and about the chili a little bit. So your company, Suhela, you do food tours and food experiences. What would a food experience be like, uh, Mohammed? If I were to book a food experience with you, what would my what would my day be like with you? Oh, the first thing we go, we got to buy the because I I, I want you to uh, I wanted to introduce. Uh, where we go to buy the stuff. So we go to the uh, local uh, vegetables market, or like we call the sugar khudras, like the soup or the market for vegetables and the butcher there, or chicken, for example, for some plates. So we go there to buy uh, the ingredients for the things that we, we, we will uh, cook it at home together. So it's like a good opportunity for you to join us, to go and buy together, and they, we go back home. Uh, then we start. We, I, I'm doing my cooking class in my home, in my kitchen, with my wife and my kids even. They can play with you while you're <laughs> cooking. <laughs> so it's also like uh, so, some people not sometimes be really curious to be not in restaurants, you know. They need like uh, a local, to, to see the atmosphere of the local life. So they prefer to come into your home and be with your family. So when you when you when you want to book my experience, you expected that you will be with the family, not in a restaurant or a place like this. So we cook and family atmosphere all together, which make it really unique experience. So then we explain the steps uh, in general about the place that we will cook it. Then we go all you 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 expected that you will do everything in the kitchen. We teach you how to stand with you, how to do the stuff. Uh, we have because we have sometimes, for example, uh, like a different techniques uh, for for like you you're cleaning the chicken in your home, but we have a different technique. Here, so we want to teach you how. Uh, so you learn something new also because the chicken is a chicken, but uh, the cleaning is the cleaning. But uh, we we teach you like how, for example, the gardening is cleaning the chicken, or how we doing the garlic to remove the the cover for the garlic, or some uh, like local. Way to do the stuff. So uh, we will cook together at the end. We, of course, we will sit and have a meal. The unique thing that we have a special guest room where we have the meal there, and you will sit in the ground like a local here. We, we sit in the ground. We don't mm. have a dining table, or so we will all eat all together from the same plate. We have always a bigger plate where you can sit all and eat from the same plate. Everyone eating from his side. Okay, it's kind of sharing and sharing uh, the meal from the same place, which is like really have uh, like kind of appropriate appropriating or something like this. You know, 
people use the word authentic a lot to describe experiences, and sometimes I think the word authentic is overused. In this case, I think there can't be a better word for describing this food experience than authentic. People are in your home with your family eating a, and I'll use the word again, an authentic Jordanian and authentic Aqaba meal. It's uh, it's pretty extraordinary, and I'm I'm really uh, happy that you open up your home to these folks to uh, show them what real life is like for folks who live in your city. Yeah, because I, I work really close with with the tourists in the past. Yeah, so uh, like m- most of uh, of the tourists when they coming to Jordan, you spend you know like eating in the restaurant or. Uh, like in the center, always the not really in contact with the, with the local people. So I wanted to give like opportunity. Even sometimes it's happening. Some guests not coming for food or something. <laughs> They're just coming to have the experience with the family. Yeah. So we we start to cook, <laughs> it, but then they eat nothing or eat a little to, to to show us they are coming for the food, but they are not coming for the food. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it's it's accepted by some. Uh, people who like uh, some tourists who coming to Jordan, becoming for food and for fun and for to be with the family, Jordanian family. Food is just an excuse to uh, get together and enjoy company. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you mentioned Mohammed that your uh, food tour starts, your food experience starts in the market in the souk, and this was something I wanted to ask you about because I always say. One of the things to always do when you go to a new city is go to the market so that you can get a feel for what the local ingredients are that people are eating. Um, when you have Europeans or North Americans come on your food experience and you take them to the market, what kinds of things do they see and what is their reaction? Are there any things that they see that they say, oh, we can't find this back home or I've never tried this before? When we go out to the market, the first thing that uh, I think it's like U.S. guests, the, uh, the guests from United States, I think he, the first thing to attract his attention is uh, the spices shop. When we go to buy the spices and how much the people are talented there to make the spices in the, in the, in the market. And uh, of course, the seven mixed spices, which is like the most popular spices in the Middle Eastern cuisine here. And especially in Jordan. And uh, the second thing, I think it's gonna grab the attention for the guests. We don't have like the concept of big supermarket or these things. So if you want to buy the spices, usually go to the spice shop. If you want to go to buy uh, the meat, you go to the butcher shop. Yeah. So everyone, uh, the vegetables, it's from just only top who's selling the vegetables and the fruit. So the, the culture here is about buying the stuff from it's it's better place, not from the big supermarket or like uh, a public center, for example. So this is in general like uh, in addition to some ingredients that's uh, because it's not really common in uh, United States is like, such as uh, tahini, the tahini because it's whenever you go in a, in the market here you will find tahini. Uh, everywhere, so because we we use it much here for uh, making hummus, for example, or making baba ganoush and this kind of. Thing. So most of the customers uh, or the kids they don't know what what is that. So you have to explain some uh, things uh, about that uh, about uh, 
the ingredients that the, the, the most common we, we use here in, in Jordan. So what are the what are the most popular spices? You mentioned the the spices and that maybe North Americans might see that and be a little overwhelmed with the selection of spices, but there must be a few that are the most popular, the most common in uh, food in your city. What would you say those might be, those spices? As a coastal city in Aqaba, and uh, we have many plates, uh, plates there. So we have, uh, we call it thick uh, uh, spices, we have it here. There is no, we, we call it thick spices, but it's, it's really, we use it much here and uh, uh, it's changing the taste of the food, even like when you cook it with the fish. So you imagining the taste of the fish and the spices, uh, make it really, really special. And the second one, like in the Middle East culture, in, in Jordan especially, it's, uh, uh, seven mixed spices, it's called seven mixed spices because we use seven ingredients to do that. So we use this kind of spices to cook the matluba. Matluba is like really popular, uh, Jordanian blade. The smell when you flub it. The book the word came from when you make something upside down or you flub it. So uh, when you when, when you flub the pan, and then then the smell of the spices going mm. and to your head, and you, you it, it's really tasty. And uh, uh, I think it's like the most common in, in the Middle East, in, in Jordan and Middle East cuisine to cook. For example, the maklouba, gift uh, some other uh, dishes that we have it here also. So the makluba is, if if I understand it correctly, it's a dish normally of meat and rice and vegetables cooked in a pot. You cook it in the pot, and then when it's done, you flip the pot over, like you said. You flip it over, and then you reveal the dish. Um, is is that correct? Is that how it's served? Yeah, that, you are you're right about that. Yeah, the, the, you, we cook the rice and the, the fried vegetables first. We fry the vegetables and cook it with, with the rice and the spices and the chicken also. Even for the rice, we're using the, uh, the water from the, that we use it already for uh, soaking, uh, for soak the, the chicken. Then we cook all the ingredients together with the spices, a lot of the spices actually, uh, the seven mixed spices and the black pepper and some uh, ingredients. So at the end, yeah, it's uh, the smell when you flip over the pan. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so some some guys now started to make a video about that also with you. Love it in like in really funny way. So it's getting a little bit uh, popular nowadays. Yeah. So it sounds like with the makluba, it's about the food, but it's also very important to have the good presentation because you've got this flipping action going on. Yeah, even when we did the cooking class, sometimes we all waiting and start to make a video for that because the presentation. Uh, it's really nice. And one, one of my cousins, really, is a drummer also. So before he flip in to make sure that the, the, you know, the caramelized at the bottom of the pan, the rice, the caramelized rice, because, you know, when, when you bought it in the stove, it gets burned a little bit from the bottom. So uh, he start to make a nice drums for that. And then he flop it over. So it's the presentation. I think it's like the most funny part of the plate. And yeah, of course, the taste in addition, but uh, the presentation is, is really important for that, especially when you flop it over the vegetables. Yeah, that's why we flop it over because you want the vegetables to be in the, in the top, in, uh, in the plate. So, uh, the vegetables. So when you, when you 
uh, put the rice and the chicken in, in order. So you have to do it in order to make the vegetables, uh, the fried vegetables to be in the top when you flip it over in the, in the plate. You got to make a video of your cousin using the pan as a drum <laughs> to get the makluba <laughs> out. That just sounds so fun. Um, another dish I wanted to ask you about is called uh, mutabal. And I'm yeah. excited to hear about this dish because eggplant is probably one of my all-time favorite vegetables. And I'm always excited when I talk to someone from the Middle East or from Turkey about um, food because eggplant is always a big part of the diet and eggplant is something that I love. So I read about this dish called mutabal. I see that it has eggplant in it. So what else can you tell me about this, Mohammed? Yeah, it's, it's for, for, uh, for the mutabal, you, you have first to roast the eggplant and in the charcoal or in the stove at home. For example, if you are in, uh, can bring the wood, so you can do it. It's more tasty uh, in the wood because the smoke smells. So after this, you're removing the peels and uh, uh, and then you the, the mixture. The, the, the next step is the mixture. The mixture of the ingredients that you use it is super tasty. I can say because the uh, the aubergine and tahini using the tahini make it really uh, special and tasty. And using the garlic and lemon. And chili, if you like the chili, yeah, it's, it's over. Uh, so the mixture of all these ingredients make this plate really special. Yeah, because I love the the smokiness of the roasted eggplant, especially if it's cooked in with the charcoal. Yeah. You get the nuttiness of the tahini. You get the sharpness of the garlic. Maybe you get some yogurt served with it, so you get creaminess with that. It's really, it's got to be an extraordinary dish with a lot of depth of flavor to it and a lot of fun to eat that, I, I would imagine. Yeah, I think I think in this uh, dish that all the things that you like, the garlic taste, the lemon, uh, the tahini, the tahini make it really special and unique. Uh, and uh, egg blend that uh, you love it also. So when you, when you taste it, it's super nice. Now, now also we add in pomegranate to the top of the plate. Mm, pomegranate. The good thing with, with pomegranate is kind of for decoration and the top, but also it's a little bit sour taste. So when you eat all together, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I went to, uh, there's a new hummus shop that opened in our town, and I went there yesterday for the first time. And I was so happy that my hummus... Um, when he finished it off, he put a little sprinkling of pomegranate seeds and a little olive oil on the top. And I said, okay, I know this place is going to be, is going to be legit when he adds the pomegranate seeds on top. Yeah. The, yeah. And then, you, you, you know, this, this place also, you, you're adding, uh, the olive oil, which is like the main agriculture in Jordan. So when you come in here, you expected the really high quality of olive oil because, uh, like sometimes even in the villages here, when you're visiting, everyone is, show you the olive oil that you have it uh, that we use it for hummus and mutabban yeah uh, in the top always so the, the culture here the food culture here is about the olive oil yeah so everyone sometimes we we fighting that oh no my village is better than <laughs> the olive oil in my village is better than your village and some fighting conversation you know right. about that topic <laughs> <laughs> food 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 fights um, and I love a good, yeah. I love a good olive oil, uh, uh, especially a fresh, uh, what I call a green olive oil, because it's brand new. It's just been pressed. 
I, I still have memories of uh, one of our first trips to Italy going down to Puglia and the family that we stayed with, they had an olive grove and they gave us a, a three liter bottle of olive oil to take back with us uh, on the plane. And it was just so good because it was it had just been pressed. It was green and fruity and delicious. And I imagine this would be what it would be like if I were to come to Jordan and enjoy some uh, olive oil from one of these villages. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's not just only the, the olive tree in general because of the religion. Also, it's uh, mentioned in the Quran about uh, about the olive tree, and it's a place for for the Muslim who like the majority of people here in Jordan are Muslim. So it's like a holy uh, holy tree. So uh, mm. it, 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 it's it's not just only food. It's also you know like apart from. The religion and the culture here. So the green all always they say about it that uh, the all the tree always green. The only uh, the color uh, that we can use it like for food. We make the soup from that. So uh, uh, by the way, the season is soon in Jordan. After one month, all started to picking uh, the olive and to start to prepare. I'm going to that uh, machine for pressing the olive oil. So the green, the green uh, olive oil coming soon <laughs> after one month. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. I'll have to book my flight. If you book your flight, then you have to come. I've helped my family with picking the olive oil from the tree. They will be happy to join. Okay. <laughs> okay. Be happy. Good, good. The, ki- the kids will help out too? Yeah, all the kids. The kids are all playing or it's something in the ground. <laughs> but the atmosphere of the gathering and uh, helping the family, yeah, it's, it's really important for the kids. You mentioned hummus and... I was reading about hummus in Jordan, in uh, Aqaba specifically, and they mentioned a special kind of hummus that I had not heard of before. Maybe you can tell me about it, Mohammed, called uh, fatat hummus. Um, is this something that you're familiar with, and is this popular? Yeah, the fatat, fatat hummus is, uh, you know, the, the, the concept fatta, it's, it's hummus, so when you're adding uh, concept fatta, this word, which means you're adding bread, always. So we have uh, fatat, uh, lahm is like meat, fatta, or like chicken fatta. So anything, you're adding a bread into it, so you make it fatta. So when you're adding the pita, uh, the, the, the bread into hummus, so you're making fatta now. You change it from hummus to be a fatta. So th- this, uh, you, you start to cutting small kind of uh, bread. Uh, I mix it with hummus and the chickpeas also. Uh, not the smash one to make it hummus uh, before smashing. So you mix all the ingredients together with tahini also. Um, uh, and, uh, I'm using that local ghee. We have a special ghee that we use it here also. You fry the almond and put it in the top. So you can, the, 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 this uh, local ghee makes the food really special. The, it's, I think it's the most expensive even food in Jordan per kilogram. So we, when you cook with that, also giving a really good, special taste for the food. Uh, but, but the fat is not really like some good places to make it in general. So if you make it at home, of course, it's much better. But you can try in some specific restaurant in Jordan or in Aqaba especially, uh, where you can find a really high quality using this local ghee, uh, the ghee that we have it here. And... Uh, uh, 
Also, of course, the quality of hummus itself, when you mix the hummus with, with, the, with the bread and uh, the other ingredients. Also, yeah, so there is like some factory to, to have like a really good hummus. So we've got all of these great dishes that we've made and that we're enjoying, but what would we have to drink with it? What are some of the most popular drinks to enjoy? Ah, with hummus. For me, with, with, if I'm eating hummus or hummus, I prefer to eat shanina. Shanina is like the local drink in Jordan. It's fermented uh, goat milk drink. It's it's kind of similar. I think in, in, in Turkey they called it, uh, but with different tastes. It's a little bit softer uh, because it's sour taste, this one. It's fermented one. So in Turkey they called it iron. The iron is some in Turkey. And I don't know, in some European countries they call it uh, kefir or I don't know if I pronounced it really good, but kefir. Yeah. Okay. So I prefer this uh, kind of, uh, or maybe lemon with mint juice. I prefer the lemon with mint juice sometimes. Mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, if it's in, in the summer, yeah, I prefer in winter. I prefer that chanina, that that got me to drink. And what about tea? A cup of tea, of course. We have <laughs> a different kind of different type of tea here uh, because because we we living in Aqaba, so the desert is apart from the city. So when you when you're talking about Wadron, for example, uh, it's a part. It's a village belong to. It's now it's really touristic place. The desert and some movies take uh, place there, like Aladdin for Will Smith and so. So when you're talking about the desert and it's like a part from the city hill. So always when you're talking about the tea, you you you're talking about uh, uh, desert herbs that we use it here to making. Uh, the tea here. So we have the sage tea, we have the cardamom tea, we have the, some kind of mixed lemon tea also we have, uh, but the most popular, the thing that we have, uh, uh the tea, uh, with mix, uh, mix of, uh, herbs that it's coming from the deserts, like the sage or the organo, the zatar, we call this in Arabic. Uh, so when you mix these kind of herbs and making the tea of the food, especially in winter, it's it's really common in winter. So because in the summer is a little bit hot weather here in Aqaba, above forty degrees. So uh, he expected the local here they prefer this kind of uh, cup of tea after the food in in winter more. Yeah, Mohammed, it's been great talking to you about a, a region of the world that I'm not overly familiar with. I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I've uh, laughed a lot uh, at at uh, your descriptions of these uh, wonderful foods that it sound like they're so much fun to prepare and to eat. If folks want to get in touch with you at Suhela and book a food experience or a food tour, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, nowadays I'm posting my experience in a trip in a trip advisor. So when you look to Akaba in, in TripAdvisor, you will find my my. My experience is there, so you can book all you can. Uh, uh, if you want to, like, you can send me an email. You will find my email there and some information. I already posted it also in Airbnb. And uh, using this, like, international platform, so uh, it's, it's, I think it's uh, more easy to, like, people from United States or from Europe to just look and search and you find the experience that you want. So you can find my experience available on these websites, Airbnb and TripAdvisor. 
Mohammed Bali from Suhela Food Tours and Food Experiences in Aqaba, Jordan. Thank you so much for being on Destination Eat Drink. It's been a joy talking to you. I'm looking forward to someday meeting you in Jordan and we can enjoy some of these delicious fruits and vegetables and dishes that you've been talking about. Thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Brent. And thank you for the great idea that you <laughs> helping all the world to know about the food culture, about the other countries. It's a great, great offer from you. Yeah, you're doing really good. Thank you for hosting me today. Okay, that's Mohammed from Suhela Food Tours and Experiences. I've got links in the show notes if you want to reach out to Mohammed to book a tour. That's at radiomisfits.com slash DED260. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, it's all about desserts and sweets. We are in the middle of the holiday season after all, so why not indulge in some stroopwafels and some donuts, maybe even a monster pastry from Bordeaux, France. Don't miss that. While you're waiting, get over to DestinationEatDrink.com. You can sign up for the free Destination Eat Drink monthly newsletter to keep up to date on all things food and travel. You can also see my videos. I just posted another video about the non-touristy Campo Dorique neighborhood in Lisbon. I visit a great natural wine bar, sample some truffle cheese, and visit a really creepy cemetery. You can watch that by clicking on the video tab at DestinationEatDrink.com or by going to YouTube at DestinationEatDrink946. I also posted a new story about the Portuguese tart called the Pastel de Nata de Bolota. It's like the Pastel de Nata custard tart, but with acorns added in. Quite delicious. Read about that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash blog. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 